Hi friends, welcome to the Artist Blend, and today we have a very special guest. This is Ernesto Rumbaut. So grab your bug and let's get talking. Ernesto, we are so glad to have you on our yes. show today. You, I know you've been listening to the show for a while and giving yes. us some amazing feedback. And for a while, we've had you on our list of people that we wanted to ask on. So we're so glad that you made time today. Oh, I'm so very happy to be here. I'm, I'm very glad to accept the invitation. Ernesto is a Cuban-born artist with a double life between academia and the world of the arts. His interest in the arts sparked from the fascination of how stories can bring hope and solace, so he would like to provide the same to his audiences, to his audiences with the characters he plays. He has been a part of some incredible voiceover projects, like being in the principal cast of the Latin America dub of My Hero Academia, which that is so cool, uh, as well as some radio commercials for Subway and other big corporations. And he's also been in other films, not only as a voice actor, but as an actor on screen. Um, you recently did some soap operas too, is that right? I did. I did. That I got, is I got beat up. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I need to see a copy yes. of that. And on top of all of that, he's a live entertainer, namely a stilt walker, mime, and character performer. So cool. And the cherry on top of all of that is that in the academic world, he's known as Professor Rumbaut, soon to be a doctor with a PhD. Yeah. Uh, currently, he's a professor of Spanish at the University of Miami. So I guess my first question for you, Ernesto, is what do you not do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, um... Why do I not to keep a sleeping schedule? That's oh, what I yes, yeah. keep. Oh, well, yes. Welcome. <laughs> this is why we like coffee. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. And speaking of, uh, this episode, we are all yes. just having different beverages. So we'll go around and say what we might be drinking, and we'll talk yeah, about it at the end of the sure episode. Thing. I am drinking a brand uh, called Intelligentsia. This is their breakfast blend. It's really, really good. I like it a lot. Easton, what are you having? I have a cold brew from the store with the the store brand pumpkin cream thing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what about you, Ernesto? And I am having our uh, trademark Café con Leche Ooh, from Cuba, yeah. which is basically basically a latte. Um, which is yeah, just yeah. Like with, with Cuban coffee. Yeah, I love it. But basically the same thing. Yeah. Nice. That's amazing. Well, let's jump in. So, sure. Uh, I, we talked a little bit about how some of these questions, I know you, you're a listener and so you've heard some of these questions before, but I'm excited to hear your answer for a few of these. So sure. we'll start off with the one that we always ask everybody. Um, most of us creatives, we have a moment in time where we think back and we think back of uh, the moment that our spark began or the catalyst that led us down the path of artistry. Right. So do you have a specific moment or event in your life that was that spark for you? I do. I do. And that's why I I do I say that I like I like uh, that part of entertainment that brings you hope or solace. I know not all characters, but mostly characters. And even when you're playing villains, you can bring that into play because people are like, ooh, I don't want to make that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. For me, uh, I always say that I got into it kind of late because it was in my teenager years when everything started to happen yeah. at the same time. And you're like, oh, sh- shoot, what's going on? <laughs> and then I did found uh, hope and solace in shows, in music. And I, since I, re- I was old enough to realize that people make this, like this is a job as well, I was like, I want to do that for people as well. Wow. 
But then, yeah. then again, being in Cuba and at the age of 13, 14, you're already late. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> uh, if you if you don't start on that path, uh, it's really difficult for someone to be like, yes, I'll train you and, and we'll go from it. At, at that age, they're expecting you to have certain uh, preparations that if you are not into the arts before that, you're not going to have. Mm. But it, wow, it's all good. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is that is that something that is across all industries? Is that the expectation in Cuba in particular that all industries are you're preparing by 13, 14? It, yes. Or I, is I it just the arts industry there? It might be uh, the arts and another couple of industries because I know it's people in that want to go to uh, medicine school, they have a specific preparation, even though mm. in in the Cuban system, the Cuban education system in high school, you have to go through twelve it, subjects. Wow! Whether you want it or not, okay. yeah. that's that's the program. Interesting. You have to uh. see twelve subjects: uh, math, English, uh, literature in Spanish, uh, biology, chemistry, physics, uh, something that is called. Oh gosh, let's <laughs> not get political. But you have to go through something that's called uh, military preparation. Uh, so you're yeah. you're taught to okay. march and. Yep. It's a political system. Yeah. But yes, yeah. You're, you're, there are 12 subjects that you have to go through. Interesting. Wow. And from there, you apply to, uh, not apply, but go through exams. And depending on those exams, if you like have placement. the qualification. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like placement. That's that's the word. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like different universities. Like, like here, like, yeah, oh, I apply to this university or I apply to that one. Yeah. No. There's only one university for, for medicine or two or three in mm. the country. And those yeah. are it. Yeah. And That's crazy. You yeah. better pray that you get the the points. <laughs> Anyways, but then with the arts, uh, it's kind of different because they do have auditions for what would be a university of the art, which is the ISA Instituto Superior de Arte (ISA) in, mm-hmm. in Spanish. And I went to the test knowing already that I was coming to the United <laughs> States, but I wanted to go through yeah. it. And when I went through that process, the part of the jury told my mom. All, all the places are already given, but sure. But, his kids yeah. welcome to jail. Well, like, my, my mom did not tell me this. Yeah, but. Course, oh. you didn't want to break my heart. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, at least she gave you some Exactly, hope. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but they say, oh, he's, we can see that he has uh, that that spark. It. But unfortunately, all, all the other places are already <laughs> given to someone's son or someone who paid for it. Yeah. Stiff. Yeah. But anyways, so you talk about like um, you're you're coming into the game a little bit late for Correct. comparatively at least, um, and I'm not sure I you have this idea of of being an artist. I would love to know like whether you were picturing yourself being a voiceover artist or a stilt walker or anything in particular. But in general, the, the the basic question I'm getting at is: was your idea of being an artist? Does it match what you're doing and living and working right now, or is it was it something very different in hmm. particular you wanted to do? I believe I never set a specific expectation yeah. to it. Like I knew I wanted to act and, yeah. and sing, but I never put a um, a lid on it. Like it has to be in telenovelas. Yeah. If I don't do telenovelas, I'm gonna, yeah yeah yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get frustrated. <laughs> no, I yeah. I never put a cap on it, and I accepted whatever came my way. Uh-huh. And because life is uh, unexpected, yep. and and yeah. sometimes you get a, um, it's like uh, Mama Odi says, it's not what you want, but what you need. Uh, and well and along that way, you find that you are more um, 
keen or more adapted to other kinds of uh, disciplines be, be, uh, inside acting yep. that you were not considering before. Like, yeah, puppetry, <laughs> for, for yeah. example. Like, oh, I would never see myself doing a, a puppet show, but then you do one and you're like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Yep. This, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, I guess, leads me to the, the next question, which is um, we normally ask guests if it's a specific role that they have what an average day in the life looks like. But right. as someone who juggles so many different <laughs> jobs, like your voiceover, Stiltwalker, mime, professor, I am positive that similar to Austin and I, no day looks the same. Correct. So um, I, a better question for you, maybe what are some examples of days that you've had? Like maybe um, do you normally do like multiple gigs with varying types within a day or are they like, okay, you have your teaching days and then your voiceover days and that, how does that sort of look in, in schedule? Okay. Usually voiceover is done during the week, which is okay. when the teaching happens as well. Yeah. So that's, okay. that's a, one of the jugglings I do. And the other one is on weekends when I do the character performing mm. and uh, okay. the stilts. And the way I introduce that is that I always go like, "Oh, I'm an I'm an entertainer for children and adults. I'm not a stripper. Hold on, let me let me finish. <laughs> let me explain yeah. why." And, and then I explain on weekends during the day and afternoons I do events for kids. Mm-hmm. Then okay. at night I do weddings and quinceañeras, which is more adult stuff. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. so that that's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's mainly the weeks are spent doing voiceover and then teaching and the weekends is those public events and things. Correct. So w- usually during the weeks, uh, I, I just go from one place to the other. I go record and then I just go to the um, to the university and teach. And, <laughs> and those days, uh, it's, depending on the traffic, uh, how how difficult those days are, but uh, it's just two different hats. In, in school, I don't, yeah. I don't speak about my uh, voice acting career. Yeah. They have no idea. My students have no freaking idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's not too difficult because it's just two different places. I don't mention the yeah. place and the other. I, in the studio, I'm not talking about the university. Yeah. In the university, I'm not talking about the studio. Uh-huh. But on weekends, it's 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 difficult. Uh, um, yeah. Sometimes you have five events a day. Mm-hmm. You know, three parties and two still gigs at night. So by the time you do three gigs in different characters. As you guys know, because you are character performers as well, each character has unique characteristics. It's not yeah. like a uh, like a generic character. Yeah. Like yes, there are sure. generic characters, of course. In, in, in I was gonna say in theater, but not just in theater. There, there are generic characters, but the characters we play for character performing are very specific, and they have specific mannerisms uh, that- and ways of talking. And uh, different stories and different universes that you have to bring into the conversation yep. in this. Uh, so you go like through of the uh, through like three of those, and then you get into the stilts, and mm. uh, your back is already filling it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I say there are adult events because that's when uh, the events where people try to grab you inappropriately for some reason. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going through their brain. It must be the alcohol. Who knows? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> those are the events well, where the alcohol the is. Yes. So. <laughs> one of the many reasons is probably that. But uh, still walking, it's kind of being like an, an entertainer as well because you are grabbing people's attention, that's making it. them dance, making them copy you. Yep. 
And you have to do that while you are keep being aware of what's around yeah. you and what's around your feet yeah. without looking down. Correct. Because if they see you looking down, they're like, oh, he's that bad girl. Exactly. He's yeah. looking down. <laughs> so you got to keep eye contact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So doing so many lots of different things all in the span of even just a day, that's that's very admirable. Mm-hmm. Thank um, applause. <laughs> I, I'd love to know what, yeah. like if you, I'm sure there are so many really cool, amazing, fun things about all of the different things you do. If you were to take one aspect of your voiceover career, one aspect of your um, live acting career, one aspect of your um, event entertainer career, what are like the the pillar highlights of each of those for you? Hmm. What What's fulfilling about each of those things? It's about the three of them. It's fulfilling to see how you can bring joy to people. I recently did something in character that I, it really, it, it almost broke me. Because uh, how, how do you call it? Uh, now I forgot the word in English. The, the things that uh, they put in baby's mouth. Uh, when pa- they're pacifiers. Little. Oh, pacifiers. Pacifiers, yeah. there you go. This girl was on her face of stopping, mm. stop yeah, using pacifiers. Yeah. And they asked for Christoph to come pick up Aww. the pacifiers in a little Aww. bag. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> so it's moments like that that I'm like, I, I, there's no other job that I can uh, do this, and it's it's fulfilling to see that people cling on to some characters for these important moments of their lives. And uh, in still walking, it's uh, it doesn't happen like that. But what I like to do in in weddings and quinceañeras, usually the old people, they're sitting at their tables, they're quiet. I love to go there and lend a hand and just like pretend that I'm dancing with yeah. them. And the light on their faces, it, it's something that I, I cannot explain. And I love doing it because I know that for the rest of the night, they're going to be happy that they were recognized at least, that they were yeah. uh, brought into the show mm-hmm. for... For at least five minutes, and um, with this character I'm playing in My Hero Academia, he he's the the main uh, the 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 homeroom teacher Good. for this this group of heroes, and he he's really um, rough with them sometimes uh, in in uh, demeanor wise. Uh, he's he's tough on them, but it's because he wants them to succeed as heroes because he wants uh, great heroes to live for a long time. Yeah. And that has yeah. to do with with the story. I'm not gonna get into spoilers, <laughs> but <laughs> it's uh, I had people uh, write me on uh, message me in on Instagram like, "Thank you so much," because the words he said on this episode really helped me push through uh, something that I was going on. And, and that's so you're like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. that's what I want to do." <laughs> exactly. Thank you. No, yeah. When they go, they say thank you. I'll, I'll be like, "No, thank you, thank you for." looking up to this character thank you for allowing me because uh one thing that well he's he's one of one of the people who says it but many acting teachers say and the person who like beat it into my head uh, it was uh his name is um umberto Vélez. he's the voice of homer simpson in spanish oh wow that's wow incredible. yes no uh, here, here i go he's oh, okay. also witty the poop interesting <laughs> no way yeah, it's total opposite homer simpson <laughs> is also winnie the Pooh. yes <laughs> He also does Lord Farquaad. <laughs> he so does Lord Farquaad. Farquaad. Oh my gosh, oh my he's a heavy yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And now I'm going to blow your mind. Mm. He, remember Monster Sync, 
Ross. Yes, yeah, he's Ross. <laughs> he's Ross. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. You said Humberto. Humberto Vélez. 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 Okay. Vélez. And uh, his daughter was two at the time, and she played Boo. Cute. So they were in the same movie. That's awesome. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. that's so special. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he he beat into uh, like I I already had. Uh, being given this message, but he really made an emphasis on it. Like you're not the important person. You are yep. not important. Yes, it's bringing you're bringing the character through you, but the important thing is the character. The important thing is that the character sounds like the character. Okay, it's not you. So, and I took that to heart, really. And for me, it's 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 that important that I am playing Mr. Aizawa. It's important that Mr. Aizawa. It's heard in Spanish and people connect with him yeah. and with this message. Yeah, uh, love that. Yeah, absolutely. I love I love hearing about those special moments or special connections where you can kind of get feedback. I I mean, especially with the field that you're in of doing those voiceover type um, roles, there's not the aspect of live entertainment where you get active feedback and you get told stories. It's very much it, it sounds detached yep. from from the effect that it has on people. So I, it, that's lovely that you were able to, to receive those things from those people, despite the fact that the product is more detached than live entertainment. Yep. I love that. When you think about your career as a whole, whether it be voiceover or um, entertainment or, or otherwise, but what are some of, like maybe one or two of the most defining moments that shaped who you are as an artist? Maybe about like the the artist within you or about the technique of how you do your work or um, any any definition that you take that to be, but some of the most defining moments for you. I would say one of the most defining moments, it's when uh, when it hits you that you're going to play that important character. Eh. Before, when you're getting ready, you're always like, oh yeah, I want to be an actor and blah, blah, I want to play characters. But once you get the notification or the news or the talk <laughs> like oh you're gonna play this character it really changes you because then if before that moment you already knew in it's in that moment that you really face what the what they call the responsibility <laughs> of playing a character yeah because you're going to be either the voice or the face or yep. the movement yep. of, of that character for yeah God knows how many people. Yep. And it's your job to do it justice yep. and to eh. bring this character's story to life while being true to the character. Yep. Yeah, it's true. So uh, at the moment of the talk, that's when <laughs> I was like, oh, it's getting <laughs> it's <real."> happening. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's happening. <laughs> and uh, Special moments yeah. for sure. Yeah, and, and it's it's a moment that I really treasure because uh, at least with Aizawa, um, you know, you the... In the industry, you usually go do a couple of extras, then you get a couple more lines. Uh, sure. With me, it wasn't like that. Yeah. I, I was yeah. doing, I was doing a, a couple sudden. of extras first, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, don't go because they want to talk to you. I'm like, okay. I, <laughs> what, what did I do? <laughs> I remember that I was uh, sitting, uh, the studios, uh, the studios called The Kitchen. Mm. So I was at The Kitchen's Kitchen because mm. that's where you wait. <laughs> that's that's awesome. where you wait, where you wait, where they tell you to wait. Yeah. And, and this I, is I was, in Miami? This is in okay, Miami, cool. yes. Okay. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm just waiting here. And then I hear the elevator open, Ugh. and this person walks in. 
big dude, long hair. I, I don't know him. He's great. Now I know he's great, but yep. I didn't know him, so it was a little intimidating. And he's <laughs> like, you're Ernesto? I'm like, yeah. I'm, and I said, okay, so do you know a show called My Hero Academia? And inside, I was like, I'm a fan. I love the show, of course. But, I, I, you know, you have to be professional. I'll be like, yes, I, I, I know the show. Okay, uh, you know the character Aizawa? Yes, I know the character. I want you to play Aizawa. So um, I have to go down, finish the session I have uh, with another talent, and I'll come back for you. So he left wow. me there. In the kitchen. <laughs> in the kitchen, mulling over, like, ah! Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And then when were, he, So were you recording yeah. for other characters in My Hero Academia, or was no, this just a no, no, project that's, altogether? That's, it was, I was in another uh, project. It, at, oh, wow. Crazy. So it was really out of yeah. nowhere. <laughs> out of oh nowhere. Oh, my gosh. Out of left field. Like, I was meeting this director for the first time. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, and then when he came up, he's like, okay, we're ready. And I come into the elevator. He's with another heavy heater yeah. of voice acting in Spanish. He played the brain from Pinky and the Brain. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. So I knew the guy, yeah. and he's like, oh, he's going to play All Might. If you know My Hero Academia, you know All Might. It's a okay. big hero. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Big, important hero. So he's like, oh, wow. uh, let me introduce you to Orlando Noguera. And I go, nice to meet you, sir. <laughs> and then the director goes like, he's going to be playing All Might. I go like, ah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Then I get to the studio, and sitting there uh-huh. is the guy who plays SpongeBob, Luis Carreño. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And because he's playing another hero in, yeah. in the series, that's crazy. So, yeah. I'm, I'm here like with all of a sudden yeah. in the big yeah. leagues. So it's it's a defining moment. Yeah. How special! So yeah, uh, and uh, I, I couldn't be more grateful yeah. with uh, Romulo Bernal, who is the the director. Yeah. Vocal health is incredibly important. Sometimes you get tired, you get allergies, you get overworked, and your voice suffers, which can really put a damper on your work as a singer, actor, or even public speaker. Vocal Mist can help with that. It's a portable nebulizer that uses an isotonic saline to make a cool mist that you inhale. It's been research proven to help the voice stay hydrated and working well. The Vocal Mist Portable Nebulizer is a fast and easy way to keep your vocal cords healthy, give you better vocal stamina, and can mitigate damage from overuse. I have one of my own that I absolutely love, and if you use your voice in your artistic endeavors, I can't recommend this enough. Use the affiliate link in the show notes and get your Vocal Mist Portable Nebulizer today. We are living in an era where things are changing daily, very quickly, um, in social media and in like artificial intelligence and um, social and political movements and all sorts of things. Yes, um, absolutely. What are some aspects of the industries that you're involved <laughs> in? Um, it can be any of them, but um, well, no, one of your many jobs. <laughs> but um, what are some ways in which you find that your work is changing or being forced to change or maybe you're adapting in different ways that you didn't have to before because of the changes that are happening right now? Sure. Um, that, that That's a great question because I started with the pandemic. Hey. So the mm, pandemic okay. changed everything. Yep. For yeah. everything. Yep. And in voice acting, one of the first things that happened is that some people were not, let me say happy, yeah. to say an adjective, yeah. happy going to the studio to record because yeah. no one knew exactly what was going yeah. on. Yeah. And once it it, uh, it got really uh, dire, the situation, then studios were like, you know what, let's have uh, home studios and in whichever... Uh, some of the studios were more lenient with the quality. Some of them were not. Yep. Uh-huh. But that opened 
the door for co um, collaborative uh, work in, in the voiceover industry. And yeah. so it specific, specifically in My Hero Academia, we have people from all over Latin America. We have people from Mexico, we have people from Peru, from Argentina, wow. from Chile. Do we have people? Yes, we have people from Chile. Uh, we're missing a couple of countries, but we're, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. um, we have people who have record from Spain. Oh, wow. Wow. From Spain, yeah. Uh, so it this opened the door not only for us, for for that show, but it opened, because uh, it's usually, uh, it was very close towards, like uh, the big industry were, industries were in Mexico, mm -hmm. and if you don't go to Mexico to record, forget it. Disney, yeah. Disney now went back to uh, Disney in Spanish. Okay. Went back to uh -huh. only only in person, and it's not okay. a problem of accepting people who do it remotely. It's a problem of uh, sound editing. Yeah, that and that okay. it's, it's more work for for the audio uh, engineers. Yep. Yeah. So Disney specifically rather not deal with that. <laughs> so interesting it's a big uh, project like Wish for, yeah. for Disney. <laughs> you got. You gotta go to Mexico. <laughs> Interesting. Even though they, you can do the audition from anywhere in the world. Yeah. That's mm. that's new. You have yeah. you have the chance. Yeah, like that opened the door to chances. Yeah, yeah. and that's uh, that's the same in theater too. Like now, all of these they're starting to go back to more in person EPAs and ECCs. But for for a minute, the door was open to anyone anywhere. Right. Um, as far as submissions goes, like you don't have to stand in line at four a.m. and hope for a spot at ten a.m. Yep. You can just submit, and then if they need to click on your link, they'll click yeah. on it. But right, it's interesting to see that that's a similarity yep. in in the voiceover industry as well. Yeah, so that that happens for voiceover and in teaching. Uh, well, we got Zoom. Yep. So yeah, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> yeah, and I find that the people who were who finished high school utilizing Zoom, they don't adapt well to a classroom setting, to a real classroom setting. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't have necessarily experience with it, but for for me, when I went back to get my second degree, it was during right. the pandemic, and Oops. I had I had experience uh -huh. with Zoom, but I didn't have it. Easton has more of the extreme shift where it was in person. I tried to take a dance class on hey, Zoom. Yeah. It was <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Boy. Um, so it, I, we've all had different experiences with that journey necessarily, but. Um, for sure, having the exposure of, as Easton was talking about, doors being open and having yeah. a better opportunity. And it's interesting because I've heard from some people that it helped industries and some industries haven't looked back. They're like, oh, well, we can do home studios. We're fine with that. Um, I took a voice voiceover class in college and one of the guest speakers that we had said and advocated that you need to learn how to edit because if you can edit your own things, you'll get more work. And I'm sure that you've exactly. heard the same thing because if you mm -hmm. have to go in somewhere and they have to edit, that's fine. But if you do it from your own place and they don't want to pay for editing, then you're just kind of like, okay, here's my thing. Thanks for your time. Yeah. That's so, it. Yeah. It's rough. So, and, and like you were saying, not just us, <laughs> but professionals in the industry yeah. who have been doing it for so long also had to adapt. Like Vélez, Humberto Vélez, <laughs> he was not teaching. He was teaching only in person. The pandemic hit, and then he uh, opened the Zoom. Yep. And I was like, it's my time. And here we go. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Also, this is so off the uh, rabbit hole, but 
Umberto, I just looked him up. He looks a lot like Jim Cummings, really? which is yes. ironic. Oh my gosh. They look so similar. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta look at this now. <laughs> they they have the same sort of stature, similar eyes, very similar noses. It's so funny. I'm looking. Absolutely. Oh absolutely. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Doesn't he look like That's Jim Cummings? He does. Okay, hold on. That's really funny. <laughs> the same hairline. I know. It's so cool. Anyway. Wow, okay. Grab <laughs> I would love to to transition a little bit to talking sure. about um, translations. Obviously, oh, yes. as as a bilingual actor, um, you've had lots of experience in, in that sort of thing. And we've had some personal conversations, too, about, yes. um, about your learning English. Can you tell me a little bit about how oh boy. that Absolutely. worked for you growing up? <laughs> Uh, well, in Cuba, they start teaching you English in sixth grade. So you're about 11, uh, 12, which is not uh, bad at uh, all, learning a new language uh, at that age. But thankfully, my grandpa started teaching me English from very little. Uh, like, I knew the numbers, animals, small things, but yeah, it's already a step. So I, I did not develop it, like, very well, but I, I had the basis. And... Uh, uh, with the schoolwork and then PlayStation too. Thank you, because <laughs> you you had no way of getting the games in Spanish. Yeah. Yes, all of you people who play the games in your original language, that was not the case. No, uh, fifteen years ago or tw- no, yeah. not, not even, not even. Thank no, you no, yeah. consider that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So you had to play it in English. Hey. Or, yeah. Because if you get a Japanese copy, <laughs> what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Unless you speak Japanese. Yes, there you go. And that does. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so what I used used to do was look up all those all the words that I didn't know oh, wow. on the dictionary. Okay. Yeah. And then I started developing more and more. And then Sick. also my uh, my friends at the time they develop a uh, a taste for rock music. Okay. So we were li- we were listening attentively. Like, why say? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. That's hilarious. Like, I love it. Yes, I I, I there are idiomatic phrases that. If you translate them word by word, don't mean the same thing. Like I'm, I then can't it, remember at the top of my head yeah. one of them, but uh, I I don't no, I don't remember yeah. an example. But uh, that forget. It does okay. <laughs> but yeah, some of the some of the things you were like, what does it mean? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. like Jack Skelly. Don't, what does it? Yes. What does it mean? <laughs> Very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so, so cool that that's that part of you were growing up and learning English was something that now you're doing professionally yep. is you're you're getting to create those dubs and and give people who speak that language access to to that product that, that they may not have been able to 15 years ago you know um that's really special i i also would love to know so obviously uh um your dub was translating into spanish um did the did the performers have any hand in the translation, I'm sure there was a, a translators on the team who it was their job to translate that script. But uh, did you have any freedom to improvise or create or, or translate in different ways? You know what I mean? Like, yes. was there any of yes. that involved? Um, it depends on the project. Yeah. It depends on on who your client is. Uh-huh. Uh, they're client to don't touch, don't touch the text. Mm. Yeah. This is yeah. This is my translator and my adapt because uh, there's two different jobs: right. translator and adapter. Okay. Because okay. an adaptation is not a translation. That makes sense. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. An adaptation. Yeah. I wouldn't even yeah, consider yeah, yeah. that, we'll but talk that makes more sense. Yeah. Yes, because if you translate word by word, sometimes it's not. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, okay, so, so it's not the translator's job necessarily to adjust those um, non-literal things or the idiomatic things. That would correct. be the adapter's p- okay. role. Okay, correct. Interesting. I, like I never sometimes, knew that. sometimes they're the same person, which is better because okay. yeah. then you can just ask, "Hey, okay. for example, yeah. in My Hero Academia, there's a hero called Todoroki. Uh, Todoroki, and I- I'm confused in English and Spanish. I'm, I'm, I bet uh, Todoroki. <laughs> Todoroki in English. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no way. Anyway, the guy <laughs> okay. with ice, the guy with ice and fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. his hero costume has like five uh, capsules around the belt, <laughs> where he has mm-hmm. uh, like alcohol, rubbing pads, things for uh, first aid. Yeah. Okay. And there's an episode when they're around kids, and there's a kid going like, "Oh, I'm gonna call you five weenies because you have these." And, <laughs> but in in Spanish, we call we couldn't say that. Well, that so uh-huh. we went with the the sausage hero. Okay. Hero salchicha. <laughs> That's yes. hilarious. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it, we couldn't say it because of the 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 mouth movement. Was yeah, not, that was gonna be my question. It was not gonna fit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, they changed translators uh, between seasons, and that translator asked me, "Hey, how? Oh, I'm 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 confused. They saying because in another episode after there's those, uh, there's that kid talking to another kid, yeah. but uh, uh-huh. the hero's not present, and he's just like, oh, we got five winners on our side. We're fine. Yeah, it's like wait, that yeah. doesn't line so up. So the yeah. translator is like, why ask me five winners? What the <laughs> heck is this? Where did this come from? What is so, he talking yeah. about? Like, if, like I looked at the manga. The manga uh, for people who don't know, it's the comic, but for Japanese stories. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the, I looked at the manga. I don't know what this means. <laughs> I was like, "All right, wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> hey, you need a couple of uh, you need to back up a couple of seasons. And in this episode, this happens, and they call him five weenies. Mm. But in our dub, we call it this. Yeah. So oh, okay. And Trisco was like, "Oh, now I get the yeah. joke. So it's a it's a recurring joke. Got it. It's almost yeah. like a historian, That's really too, because cool. they have to go back and yeah. keep track of things. Otherwise, it doesn't line up later on. <laughs> I love that. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, so there was and, a, an element of collaboration as far as let's figure this out together. Correct. And in your experience. Your original question of like how much agency you have, sometimes uh, mistakes happen. Yep. So if it doesn't fit mouth-wise, uh, you, you're allowed to change it, but sometimes, like techniques, names, or the name of a character. Uh, <laughs> well, not the name of a character because those can you can't change no, them. But but the name of yeah. uh, a building or the name of uh, an organization will come yeah. in uh, highlighted in yellow. Okay. If it's highlighted, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. That's fascinating. So, yeah. Interesting. So you have some agency in, like I said, depending on your client, mm-hmm. how much agency they, yeah. they'll give you. I was going to say that's completely different from the perspective that I've had with voiceovering in, in the class that I took was our professor mainly talked about you have the um, you have the recording artist, you have the director, and then you have a producer, and the producer will be inputting on some things. So you have different people mm-hmm. to talk to about what's happening in the episode. But with those two added on for you, it's like, okay, I have to talk to seven people before I can say this one line. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is a difference. There's a difference between voice acting and dubbing. Correct. Because voice acting, Mm. you are creating the character. Indeed. And you have the producer there. And it's it's probably not fully animated yet. So you have more freedom to move. Like... How how many outtakes are out from the genie? So many. (laughs) So many. (laughs) But the thing is, once you get the finished product to dub it, it, you have what you have. 
that's, that's true. It. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have um? So so in the room, you're talking about um. You have obviously you have your director, your producer, your your actor, and then in your case, you also have that translator and sometimes adapter as okay. well. Um, when I, when we were recording some of like the the music theater international reference recordings for Disney projects in particular, Disney always sent a dramaturge that was there to represent <laughs> their brand. Did you have any when you do these dub projects? Um, has there ever been uh, somebody of that nature to like a brand protector to make sure that the interpretation is what they want? Or is that sort of mm-hmm. up to the translator and adapter to, to maintain that role as well of brand integrity, I guess. Right. Uh, so far I haven't had one yet, okay. but it, it, I, I know in Mexico there are more, um, specifically Disney, it's more, um, stern mm. with those things. Yeah. yeah. So, and the thing is here in, in the Miami industry, the director also does the audio engineering. Mm. So okay. It, okay. the director has two hats, yeah. directing <laughs> yeah. and audio engineer. In Mexico, huh. it's not done like that. Okay. You have your director who takes care of just directing uh-huh. and your audio engineer yep. who takes care uh-huh. of all the technical parts. Interesting. <laughs> so, so yes, so far I haven't had uh, that chance. I would love to have it because that, that's another input yeah. that, that you get. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It always helps to have more people in the room, uh, yeah. To to listen to it, it's true. More collaboration, yeah. more Absolutely. more voices, creating a more well-rounded yes. project. I'd rather those yeah. than all the voices in my head. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're impressions, then I want to hear those. Th- do you know me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I I just have two more questions for you, um, and these are the ones that we that we always ask everybody. Uh, first. For a lot of artists, we found a way to monetize our passion. And sometimes when your primary source of income is your passion or passions, sometimes that can be really draining and it can sort of empty your cup. So do you have any um, life-giving hobbies or, or hobbies that you have not monetized or things that fill your artistic well that does not involve what you do for money? Yes. Uh, reading. For me, it's reading. I, um, yeah, I, I, I love to read. I love to, uh, just forget about the world for, for yep. a little while while, while I'm reading or, uh, listening to music that also has the, the same. Also, if you're into meditation, that also That's works a, for me. Yeah. Does it doesn't work yep. for everybody, but it, it, it does for me. It, it does well to, um, just disappear from your yeah, reality. It's true. Yeah. For a second. But uh, one advice that I also give is that look back and see how far you've, you've come. Because maybe you're looking up too high and it's it's not a problem to aspire to as many dreams of, as, as you'd like. But let's say that you're here and you're looking yep. up here and your, your training is going to take you there, but little <laughs> by little. <laughs> so in a week, you're, you're probably going to be here and in two weeks, you're going to be here and but if you look up here and you set uh, short-term goals, you're going to yep. meet them eh, at some that point. Makes sense. Yeah. And one one thing that I also learned from this podcast is to, and from you, Easton, is that I should reward myself every time I have uh, an audition. Yeah. Or every, every time that I do, uh, yeah, an audition or have a conversation with someone who maybe can open yeah. doors for me, yeah. reward yeah. yourself. Yeah. Uh, yes. That, that really fills your cup because you cannot 
pour from nope. empty cup. Yes. Heed those yeah. words, everyone. <laughs> you, man, I was I was about to ask what words of wisdom you I, here did, we are. <laughs> but you just dumped a ton of them. So I I love that concept of like not you can't jump up the skyscraper, <laughs> but there is a staircase in the yeah. building. Just start going up the staircase. <laughs> you can't jump the skyscraper though. <laughs> Correct. Like it it recently happened to me because uh, I I love singing. I would love to sing, but my singing voice is not as trained as <laughs> other people. <laughs> And I recently took a class for singing with uh, Beto Castillo. He's the voice of Maui. Okay, cool. Oh, cool. Oh, gosh. And he's such a cool guy. I love him uh, as as a teacher. Oh, and he's also Luke Skywalker, the okay. old version, uh, and um, Doctor Strange. Wow. So so many big names. Yeah, <laughs> That's super, so cool. Super talented guy. And he started singing in, in movies with... Um, Wheezy from Toy Story 2. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. his first role. <laughs> That's awesome. So he says, everyone can sing. Yes. You're not going to be at the professional level with yeah. one class. Sure. That is absolutely true. But everyone can sing. And the only thing that you have to do is wax on, <laughs> wax on. That's the yeah. only way. The only way you can get to do a thing, uh, something, it's through yeah. discipline. Yeah. And because yeah, you can train your ear, it's going to take time, but you can train your ear. Yeah. You can train your how, how to properly use your uh, your sound apparatus to, to make it sound properly and to properly use your diaphragm for, sing, yeah. for singing, but it's going to yeah. take time. Uh-huh. So it's not, it's not a matter of talent or yep. no talent. We are all talented, but do we have the discipline to mm. work on it? That is the question. Fascinating. Yeah. I love it. I love all of <laughs> that's that. That's not mine. No, I know, but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Ernesto, thank you very much again for joining us today and being a listener. We appreciate that so much. And thank you all for listening today. If you made it this far, congratulations. You've you've done it. <laughs> you've you've succeeded through what most people don't. Um, <laughs> 100 XP. Exactly. <laughs> it missed your discipline. Indeed. There you go. Yeah, good segue. Um, Level up. So we're <laughs> going to get ourselves out of here. Ernesto is going to take us away. Be good beans and drink good beans. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. See y'all later. Have a good one. Have a good one, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone. See ya. The Artist's Blend theme music was written and produced by Christopher and Sarah Bailey of Well Wishes Productions, a Nashville-based boutique production company specializing in multimedia production, live event contracting, studio, and live vocals. Find Incognita's Infamous Adventures on Amazon Prime and its soundtrack on all digital platforms.